Hi everyone, you're listening to episode 41 of The Cheerful Cynics with me, Gaia, and Spicy Tuna, Pooch. Thank you so much for listening. If you like this podcast and you're listening on iTunes, please rate us. Also, if you'd like to get in contact or if you have any questions, you can email us at thecheerfulcynics at gmail.com or find us on Instagram at thecheerfulcynicspodcast. How's it going, Pooch? Good. Yeah, we had a long weekend. It's a bit odd because it doesn't make a difference because we're at home anyway and there's nothing else to do. Yeah, that's true. I usually have like a um, May bank holiday on the first Monday of May. Yeah. But this year they changed it to a Friday. Yes. And that's basically to mark the 75th anniversary of the end of the Second World War in Europe. VE Day. Yeah, it's a special time. It's actually really cool that they've managed to change the um, the bank holiday so it aligns with VE Day. It is, it's a shame that we're in lockdown so we can't actually do anything. Yeah, exactly. There's nothing to do. Nothing changes. Um, yeah. So they had, I think they planned quite a few celebrations over the long weekend. But obviously due to good old COVID-19, Woo-hoo. yeah, nothing's happening. But I did, however, do a bit of reading on World War II. I did learn a few things about World War II tactics, which I thought was quite quite interesting. Oh, yeah? Like what? Have you heard of something called Operation Mincemeat? What? <laughs> like, <laughs> and you know, with the name like Operation Mincemeat, you know it's going to be wild. What the hell is that? <laughs> Mincemeat? So, so it involved the Brits dressing up a dead body as a British naval officer. And they, <laughs> <laughs> and they, and they left some top secret kind of fake invasion plans in the pockets um, of the body and then dropped it off near the coast of Spain. What? Is this real? Why? Yeah. <laughs> so they went to great lengths to try and make it look legitimate. So right. it doesn't start off well because they had to find a dead body. Um, and they found a dead body of a homeless guy who accidentally eaten some rat poison. But ooh, oh, Jesus. We'll, we'll gloss over that fact, you oh, know, God. all in the name of <laughs> fighting the good fight and all that jazz. <laughs> Fuck. That is so weird. Uh, explain. <laughs> <laughs> so they found this guy. They dressed him up as a British naval officer and they gave him all the fake papers he needed. So he looked like he was a real deal. Uh, so pretty genius. Right. And then okay. they put the top secret military plans in the pockets and they suggested that they were going to invade Sardinia and Greece. Instead of doing what they were going to do, which is going to liberate Sicily. Right. Okay. Yeah. They just put fake plans switcheroo. Everyone loves a good old switcheroo, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Did this work? (laughs) Yeah, so they they kind of um, floated the body off a British submarine near the Spanish coast and it just kind of started bobbing along because, you know, dead bodies float and all that jazz. And it was found by German intelligence. And understandably, they fell for it because you got a guy in uniform with all these top secret military plans. You think, yeah, that... That's going to be real. So that news mm-hmm. kind of got escalated. It went through the military ranks, went all the way to Hitler himself. And oh, the shit. Nazis diverted all their troops to Sardinia and Greece instead of Sicily. Uh, oh, they probably fell for it. Yeah. <laughs> the old switcheroo. And it meant that it was a lot easier for the Allies to just kind of waltz in and liberate Sicily. Good idea. Good thinking. So clever. Although a bit shame that they had to use a dead body, like a dead person for that. But it's genius. Yeah. And it's weird that they call this Operation Mincemeat. I know. Is that in, in relation to the body? Yeah, it must have been. <laughs> I'm guessing if you eat rat poison, you don't look great. Maybe that was the state oh, of his body. Man. He looked a bit mince meaty. That's not good, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's not cool. <laughs> so, yeah, not good. And interestingly, this operation was devised by none other than Sir Ian Fleming. Whoa, as in the guy who made 007? Yeah, James Bond. Dude, that's crazy. So he devised this then he basically 
what wrote the novels pretty much i think he started writing in the 1950s so he had a lot of experience to draw from i'm glad that didn't he didn't make a movie out of that one though that would be really fucked up <laughs> double o mincemeat <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> but i guess you need people like that that need so fucked. You know, they've got an imagination to say yeah we're going to do things outside the box and who better yeah, totally. than like writers and artists and whatever else but i guess you couldn't yeah. really do it today right I don't think finding a dead person and putting them in the middle of, of the ocean is is okay to do. <laughs> was it ever okay? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Was it ever okay even then in World War Two? <laughs> it, it was effective though. So it worked, right? Thanks to that guy. What author wouldn't you want to devise a military plan? Wouldn't. Yeah. Uh, for me, it would be probably the people who write the Idiot's Guide to. Blah, blah. <laughs> I think that would probably be... <laughs> Is it like the Penguin Publishing House that does that? <laughs> I don't like... No, because everyone would see that book. <laughs> Military plans for dummies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And what about Tolkien? I think that would be... Oh, that would take so long. It would take so long, though. <laughs> yeah, you need to find a dwarf and an elf. <laughs> it's a six-year military plan. Yeah. Fuck's sake. <laughs> and you need to take this golden ring... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, what about who, no, who wrote Fifty that. Shades of Grey? Oh shit! You want that as a military plan? Yeah, they'll probably go into too much detail Dirty about how military they plan. tied up the dead body. Oh god, no! No, thank you. No, thank you. Thank Operation you. Operation Mincemeat. <laughs> I've got another cool story for you, but this one's from World War One, but it kind of fits in anyway in the theme of today's show. I think you'll like this, as it will appeal to your artistic side. All right, because you know you're a bit artsy. A little bit yeah. artsy, a little bit artsy. Intrigued. So during the First World War, the UK and the Allies were losing hundreds of ships per month due to the hands of the German U-boats, so basically they're submarines. Okay. And their main targets were ships carrying supplies to the UK. And as you can imagine, if you lose those ships, it's, you're going to lose the war. You know, these. Yeah, definitely. this cargo is vital. Okay. So there was an English artist called Norman Wilkinson who had the idea to camouflage the boats better. And instead of using dark colours like black and grey that would kind of merge into the sea, he thought, screw it, I'm going to go on the other end of the scale. And he decided to use something that was called dazzle camouflage. Dazzle camouflage, really? Yes. Like, razzle dazzle, glitter? Gl like, yeah. oh, come on, glitter has to be on this. <laughs> A five-year-old child has decorated it. <laughs> yeah, unicorns. Just things that they found, felt glitter rainbows <laughs> <Sequins>. <laughs> yeah. but the is, you're not far off so they were basically <laughs> brightly colored ships some of them were just like what? black and white and they had massive geometric shapes all painted over them and all at strange what? angles and basically painted to throw off the enemy wait how is that camouflage though it's a basically a massive zebra in the ocean <laughs> yeah. isn't it that's that sounds like it makes the ships easier to spot though pooch this is this doesn't make sense i'm confused why would they do this that's it <laughs> It was successful. Even you're confused, right? That's the whole point of it. What? So the whole idea was to confuse the enemy. Oh, uh, okay. Um, so instead of trying to make them just vanish, because you can't really make a boat vanish. Right. They just made it just, like, what the hell is that? So, <laughs> okay. So when the German U-boat would go into attack, they used to stick out the periscope and used to break the surface of the water and have a little look around. Okay. And they're trying to aim it at whatever they were going to shoot. But they only had seconds to do that. Because you can't have that thing waving around, flapping around in the air. Because people are going to spot, oh, you know, there's a submarine there. Oh. So they had to be as quick as possible <laughs> before <laughs> they were spotted. And because the U-boats were really vulnerable anyway, you know, they're just sitting ducks, really. 
they had to be quick. But I like how, you know, lifting the periscope. Oh, yeah, don't do that. It's too risky. But here's a massive boat that's colored in like blue, black, white, yeah. orange. <laughs> and that's the thing. When they saw the dazzle camouflage, they had no idea which way it was going. You know, they had no idea how big the ship was. <laughs> like they couldn't see the ends of the ships or the corners of it. They had no idea where it was coming from, where what it was going. Hell? That's really clever. It sounds like a bad idea, but then when you actually explain it and if it works, it's it, it's a good idea. Yeah, it's like <laughs> just going on the other end of the scale, like screw it. It's going to yeah. be so flamboyant. Out of the box thinking. You're just going to be like, what the hell? And it was so successful yeah. in bamboozling the, the U-boats. The army hired all these artists and created a whole dazzle paint division in the army to paint more ships <laughs> like this. They had awesome. model makers and painters working at the Royal Academy of Arts in London. Oh my God. And basically created hundreds of unique patterns and camouflages and everything. That's awesome. Um, we'll have to put some pictures up on Instagram. Check it out. Make sure you follow us. Oh, shameless, shameless plug. Shameless plug on our own <laughs> podcast. Oh God. <laughs> so what would you paint in dazzle camouflage? Oh, anything. Could it be my, my uh, debt? <laughs> I just don't see it in the bank statements. What? <laughs> It's all this yellow and orange. But, but already has the same sort of level of confusion when you see it. Right? Huh? <laughs> what? <Yeah. laughs> Why are there so many negative numbers? I don't understand. <laughs> Maybe I'll need that for the bank. So then they'll just be like, whatever. She doesn't have any debt. It's fine. It's just dazzle. See, the thing is, car makers still do this today. So, you know, when they have um, new car models and they're going to drive them around, they need to test them on the roads. They put them in basically dazzle paint so that when people take pictures of them on the streets, they still don't know what they look like. Are you serious? Yeah, they still do it today. Uh, do you know what? I was about to say I've never seen one, but maybe that's the whole point. I've never seen one before. Yeah, Paige. there's one literally behind you as you speak. It's working. It's just... <laughs> so I found another story from World War II, which sounds so amazing, but I'm not even sure if it's true or not. But it's probably been exaggerated over the years, as these things tend to be. Okay, why? What was it? So it involves a magician. Uh, what? <laughs> okay, go on. <laughs> Well, yeah, exactly. So what we do know is that there was a chap called Jasper Meskelin, who was a magician, and he had volunteered his services to the Royal Engineers when World War II broke out. He volunteered as a magician? Yeah, well, well, sort of. Yeah, I don't really know. It's sort of a bit weird. Okay. And like I said, not really sure on how true this is, uh, but it's a good story, so therefore it belongs on our podcast. Yeah, anything belongs here, <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> The story goes that um, after proving his magical skills, he was eventually given his own unit of fellow magicians and other masters of deception. What? Yeah, and they were called the A-Force. The A-Force? I mean, this isn't real. Come on. <laughs> he had a magician's crew with him. Are you serious? This is crazy. Yeah. No, this doesn't make sense. I mean, what were they supposed to have done in this A-Force? Well, so the A-Force's mission was to use illusions to try and trick the enemy forces. Oh, nice. If that worked, that would be pretty cool. Yeah, pretty much. So supposedly one of the most famous and successful illusions during World War II was around the Alexandria Harbour in Egypt. Basically, the harbour was quite critical to the Allies as it housed much of the royal fleet and served as an avenue to deploy reinforcements. So mm -hmm. long story short, the Axis powers wanted to destroy it. Right. Allegedly, the plan was to make the harbour vanish. Like a magician's trick, like, vanish. <laughs> he lifts the curtain and it's like, oh my God, where is it? Is that what he's going to do? Like David Copperfield made the Statue of Liberty vanish. Exactly, just like that. Oh God. Jasper alleged to have built a full-scale model of the port, but just a little bit further down the coast. And these attacks would normally happen at nighttime. So when they knew the mm. attack was impending, 
they turned off all the lights in Alexandria and kind of turned the lights on at the fake harbor. So then when they well, yeah, exactly. So when they were attacking, they were attacking the wrong place. So yeah, apparently his team used canvas ships and plywood buildings and set up this whole model. And wow. it's like so cool. And the force duplicated light grids and and a lighthouse to make it look legit. Like that was the port. That's kind of cool. And they went further as well. So to make the Germans believe that they were successful, they also had um, a fake set up a fake war zone afterwards. So that when the Germans did their reconnaissance photos to see what the damage was, it looked like there was real damage. Is that? Okay, now I can see why people are like, is that real? <laughs> Apparently, the Allies would have pre-prepared paintings of bomb craters on massive canvas sheets. So then after oh, wow. after the night, they just kind of unroll them and say, oh, look, look at this massive crater. And they used to kind of oh, fill it kind of all cool. up with paper mache, give it a bit of depth. If this is true, that's definitely a for effort. <laughs> But yeah, I'm not sure how how true that story is because some of the uh, the sources are conflicting. But if it is true, it's pretty impressive. But mm-hmm. nevertheless, it, it's a cool story that definitely needs to be a movie. Yeah, for sure. Although, do you say like maybe it could be fake or not? But it reminds me of the ghost army that was actually created in World War Two, which sounds hard to believe, but it's been proven to be true. Ghost army, like corpses. They're using actual corpses and zombies and... <laughs> Um, I've seen this in Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. It is it's fantastic. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> okay, before your imagination runs a bit too hard, got nothing to do with that stuff. Oh. So the the Ghost Army was legit, and that's why it makes me think that the A Force could have been pretty plausible as well. Really? So what was the Ghost Army? It was the United States Army Tactical Deception Unit that was created in World War II, I think. Their mission was to impersonate other Allied Army units to deceive the enemy. Basically by using inflatable tanks, fake radio transmissions and all sorts of things. Inflatable tanks? What are you going to do with an inflatable tank? (laughs) It's like a bouncy castle, but it's an inflatable tank. But not just tanks, they had inflatable cannons, uh, trucks. I think they had inflatable airplanes, jeeps. Much of this technology was developed by the Brits, but I think it's the the Americans managed to really make the most of it. That's crazy. So you could have your whole army wiped out by a gentle breeze. (laughs) (laughs) oh no but it's teamwork right (laughs) most of them were inflatable but i think they had a few like fake tanks made out of wood and canvas and stuff these people were actually people that were in the arts of creative fields you know like your razzle dazzlers in the uk (laughs) what they did they made essentially theater sets wherever they they were needed so they would create really realistic dummy airfields like troop camps with, with like fake laundry and shit like really really well done they had like fake tank formations and all sorts in just like a few hours Damn. they would just make all of that stuff that's crazy yeah they went to great lengths to make it look believable they had audio tracks mixed up so it sounded like real tanks and real troop camps as you could hear people talking and the radio and stuff in the background that's crazy um i was reading that sometimes they would have a couple of real tanks up front with the fake ones further behind so it looked like a full army when it was actually only like one or two tanks that's just it was amazing. mad so and they they filled this up in what matter of in a matter of hours. What was the point? Because if someone attacks it, then they will go anyway, right? Yeah. Well, there were two purposes, really. Someone was to intimidate the enemy when they were being set up closer to the front line. So the Allies' force appeared larger and closer, which led to more retreats, right? And then it was also used to confuse the enemy into thinking that the Allies were some somewhere else entirely. So basically, it was meant to make the military force appear bigger and more powerful than it actually was. And it, and it worked, I'd say. Yeah, that's pretty incredible, right? That would definitely yeah. screw you up. If you're going to war and you're like, oh, I'm only going to fight one person, that's fine. But if it's like 25 million people, 
who cares if they're inflatable? You're going to be like, yeah, screw this. <laughs> I'll definitely screw things up exactly. right, for the enemy. <laughs> and especially when you're like in your mindset of being in war, you're not going to be like, is that a balloon? <laughs> you're not going to look at how realistic it is. Yeah, you've got to prepare for the worst, right? <laughs> yeah. God, it worked though, because I think the ghost army is said to have saved like tens of thousands of lives with its deceptions. And it's also been instrumental in several allied victories in Europe. So, you know, pretty good, these artists. They did pretty well in the war. That's insane. People tend to think of uh, people going to war being on the front line, but it's all the people yeah. behind the scenes that did their job, you know, the artists, razzle-dazzle painting. Yeah, <laughs> I know, totally. I mean, you just never think about all these people behind the scenes that actually did contribute to the war ending how it did. I think quite a few of the members of the Ghost Army went into set design for like movies and theatres and stuff after the war. Some were like artists and they worked in architecture, advertising and stuff. They did pretty well afterwards. Yeah, I'm guessing if you can deal with the high stress situation of a world war and coming up with some fancy yes. stuff, you know, uh, Hollywood's yeah. going to be a breeze. Yeah, I guess it makes the whole A-team sound more plausible. Yeah, because if, if the ghost army was real, then you think the A-team could potentially be real, maybe? At least bits of it. Yeah, and imagine, what a cool name. I, I don't know about you, but I think I found a new thing to do during lockdown. Oh God, what's that? Paint myself in dazzle paint. Uh, when I go shopping. <laughs> that would keep people away from you. They'd be like, when is that? Where does he start and when does he end? Nobody knows. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> See, more cheerful cynics lockdown tips. We're in this together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. And on that note, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share with your friends. Remember, you can find us on Instagram at the Cheerful Cynics Podcast or get in touch by emailing us at thecheerfulcynics at gmail.com. If you have any other cool World War II stories, World War I stories, let us know. We'd really love to hear about them. Have a good week wherever you are. Bye. Bye. <laughs>